Hello and welcome to the Fertility and Femtech podcast, brought to you by Zonas, where we aim to educate you on all taboo topics in women's health. You can learn more on our YouTube channel or at yourzonas.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Benita Rattan, and today we have with us Dr. Ravina Bernard. So she specializes in women's health, and there are so many questions that we've been asked on this topic, and I wanted to really expand this channel and talk about other things that can benefit us. So today's video is a special one, and it is mistakes made when trying to conceive. And I can definitely say from my own personal experience, with Sienna, so my first daughter, it was relatively easy to conceive, and I don't know whether it was because I was younger, um, but then it took a long time to conceive Josh, and I'd had a miscarriage before Josh as well. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, you know, I think when you're struggling to do something, you are trying to scavenge as much information as possible to figure out where it's going wrong. And that's why I think today's video is really important, mm -hmm. and I wish I'd known some of the information previously. Uh, I think would have probably saved a lot of heartache. So mm. I hope that yeah. today's video will help you. So Dr. Ravina, um, the first question I think is, when are people, how are people supposed to know when they're ovulating? Yes, okay. So this is actually a question I get asked quite a lot, especially in clinics when people are trying to conceive. And as you said, it can be a really long process for many people. But what I find is that many people don't actually know very much about their periods. They don't know about how often they're having their periods. And if you don't know how often you're having your periods and you don't know much about your cycles, then you don't know when you're ovulating. So. So my first tip would be to start tracking your periods. And there's loads of ways you can do this. So using you know, your calendar on your phone or um, you know, just using, there's lots of period tracking apps. So first of all, track your periods. Then the way that you work out your most uh, fertile time, also known as your, your fertile window, is first you need to work out your ovulation date. Now your ovulation date, the way you work that out is you start from day one, so day one's the day you bleed, that's mm. the day of your period, yeah. and you're going to minus 14 days, 14 days from that, and that will be your ovulation date. And once you've got to your ovulation date, you're going to minus five days, and that's basically five days before the egg is going to be released. But we know between person to person, ovulation may happen a little bit sooner than we expect. So thereby, by having five days before ovulation and the ovulation date, you've got a good window when you have a good time to conceive. It is really important to make sure that you're having regular, unprotected sexual intercourse. Yeah. Because you need to have it throughout the entire month, not just the whole in, month. The whole month. Yeah. The whole month. And that comes on to a, another question that we'll come on to. But it's really important just to find out that you're ovulating and that yeah. you're having regular periods so you can work out that fertile window. You know, I think one mistake that I made was that I would rely on these ovulation sticks. Mm. And actually later I realized I don't think they were particularly accurate. Mm. And I was only having intercourse when I thought I was ovulating. And I remember I was on holiday with uh, my mom in India and I was so sad because, you know, I'd done another pregnancy test mm. and it was again negative. And she, I said, mom, maybe I'm just too old. Maybe, you know, my eggs have shriveled up and maybe, mm. you know, I'm only ever supposed to have one child mm. and um, she she just said look how often are you having sex and I said well I would do I peel my stick I look at the ovulation stick and it tell me okay now I need this is the time she's like 
that's wrong. She said, <laughs> you need to have sex for the whole month. I was yeah. like, really, mama? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not that fun, you know? Like, yeah. it's very different to, um, you know, when you first get married and it's all exciting. And then when you're yeah. doing, it feels like an exam where you're like, you, you know. You get stressful. Yes, we have to do do the work now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's a very it's, it is a really stressful time yeah. for couples. And it's really important to relax during the process and yeah. actually enjoy the process. Trying to yeah. conceive is one of the hardest things that couples will go through. And the hardest part is you don't, many people don't ever talk to anyone about it. Really? They, they keep it, you know, it's, a, it's such a, it's taboo, a taboo subject. It's a taboo it? topic. Even people, people think that, you know, it's a blame, there's a blame culture. Yeah. You know, if, if you can't conceive, then, oh, whose fault is it? Yeah. Is it the woman? And in many cases, Does it tend to be. It, well, in many cases, women are blamed, but actually, yes, that's what I was actually, thinking. there's two people in this situation, Correct. and of course, men play a very important part in producing sperm. Yeah. And we can go on to how important quality of sperm and quantity of sperm is, yeah. but remember, there's two people involved, yeah. and we do need to make sure that we were educating both sides yeah. of the population. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we touched on um, how often you should be having sexual intercourse, but mm. can you go into a little bit more detail? Yes, yes, okay. So, there is a common misconception that people should be having sexual intercourse every single day. Now, we shouldn't be doing this. The average is around uh, three to four times a week. Okay. Now, with eggs, female eggs, they're released from the ovaries, and this happens once a month, and generally it's from either side of the ovary. And now, the egg actually only lasts between 12 to 24 hours in the body, in the female body. Sperm, however, lasts up to five days. Wow. So we need to have the sperm ready yes. to fertilize the egg. So as soon as the egg's released, you have a good window yeah. for the sperm to be swimming about, capture the egg, fertilize it so it can be embedded into the womb. So we don't, we need to make sure there's a good amount and it's there often, yeah. but not all the time. Okay. And the reason for that, that comes on to our next point, and that is, should we be having sex every day? And the reason why you shouldn't be is because sperm needs time to, we need, we need enough sperm and we need good enough quality sperm. Yeah. Now, the testicles is where we produce, well, mm. men produce yeah. the sperm. So if you're having sex every day, you're, you're, releasing a lot of sperm, men are releasing a lot of sperm, and we need more time to regenerate that yeah. sperm called spermatogenesis. If we have a low quality and low quantity of sperm, then that can have implications on the pregnancy because they won't be as healthy, and there's lower actually, there's lower chance of getting a viable pregnancy because you're, you're having sex, but you're not actually having enough semen that's right. in the female reproductive system, therefore there's less chance of the egg being fertilized. So we need to make sure that not only are you having sex regularly, but you've got enough time to regenerate the sperm. That's a really good question. Mm. So you're basically creating a welcome party. The sperm <laughs> is the welcome party yeah. um, for the princess egg yeah. <laughs> to come along. Yeah, yeah. So I think the next question is, is there anything we can do? So you know how you see people with their legs in the air. Is there anything mm. you can do to keep sperm mm. in as much as possible? So... Mm. I don't know, is there? Are there any positions mm. you can do or anything you can do to keep it? <laughs> oh my God. We're trying to create a, a welcome party. <laughs> so I get artists so often. Okay. So like, oh, are there certain sex positions yeah, okay. that you should be in? Should I be having my legs like, up oh. in the air? Oh, I did that. I, that is, I saw things I saw in friends and I was like, it can't hurt. <laughs> Um, so it's actually such little evidence on it. it's actually, <laughs> actually working. Despite, it's just you know, bed rest. You just do like bed rest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we see it on Friends, we see it on TV, yeah. we see it in all these sitcoms, but 
actually yeah. when you look into the, the evidence <laughs> yeah. in all the medical literature there's not there's no real evidence to suggest that has there ever been a clinical study on this though there has been really? yeah yeah there okay. has been but we know that sperm enters the female reproductive yeah. system so quickly yeah. that you know putting your legs in the air isn't really going to have that okay. much benefit and okay. um, and you know it, they swim. They're yeah. very strong swimmers. Okay. Sperm. If you have good quality Can sperm, they swim out. Just no, so all directions. So actually, <laughs> so actually, the sperm are fast swimmers, but okay. the female reproductive system is even more intelligent okay. because we produce. Of course, <laughs> females are. Yeah, and the reason why is because we produce certain hormones, okay. and these allow a these allow secretions yeah. and cervical mucus to be produced that actually accelerate the sperm into the womb, right. and so we have all these sort of chemicals like glandins and really we really produce a lovely environment for the sperm to be welcoming yeah. welcomed into the womb and it's these kind of factors that encourage the sperm to go forward it's not really positions that are going yeah. to affect it it's our it's our hormones and it's our productions and secretions in a, with female bodies as well as yeah. um, secretions in the male fluid okay. that help it to be propelled towards the egg so this was the other thing that I read uh, mm. was at the time um, it could be potentially having a not in Enough secretions or a dry environment mm. that doesn't allow sperm to reach mm. um, and so I remember even using a lubricant which was meant to be you know, pro-conceiving that created a, a better environment for sperm to reach the egg mm. um, how much evidence is there on this mm. is it worth it is it worth trying it is there any downside to it mm. what is your thoughts on it yeah lubricant so the, the purpose of lubricant is to allow sexual intercourse to be a lot more pleasurable yeah. it's uh, to stop pain um, during, especially when people have dry vaginas yeah. so driving you've got less secretions yeah. but this is acting in the vaginal canal mm. rather than the womb so you have a vaginal canal yeah. you then have a cervix yeah. and then you have your womb yeah. So when a couple have sexual intercourse, the sperm is already past the vaginal canal yeah. and it's actually already going, it's hit the cervix, you're already in, in the, the womb. womb. Yeah. Your lubricant isn't going to be hitting the womb. Yeah. You know, even if you were to feel your vaginal canal, which we do encourage women to do, especially if you've got coils and things, okay. you can actually insert your fingers and feel your vaginal canal. Okay. It's that environment that needs the lubricant mm. in order to allow it to, to have reduced friction, yeah. in order for sexual intercourse to be more pleasurable, yeah. just to ensure that the whole environment is a lot more comfortable. Um, but that has very little implication yeah. on the sperm because okay. it's, it's further upstream. Okay. Yeah. I think one other thing is for me was like, when do you go and see a fertility specialist? At what point do you start thinking, mm. you know, this is a normal and it should be easier than this? Mm. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I know that's a good question. So in the UK, um, the first port of call for any medical issue is your GP. Okay, so it's your GP that can make that further referral into the fertility clinic to the specialist, whether that's the gynecologist or whether it's a male fact issue where you'll need to see a urologist. But as a couple, you would be referred together to the fertility clinic. Now, um, there's, there's being referred too soon and there's being referred too late. So we'll talk about too soon first. Now, most couples under the age of 35, yeah. if you have regular unprotected sexual intercourse, so that's, you know, as we discussed, three to four times a week, for the whole year, then it's expected that you will conceive and 80, 90%, 80 to 90% of couples will conceive within a year. And that's under the age of 35. Right. And now within two years of regular unprotected sexual intercourse, more than 90% of couples will conceive okay. in that time. Okay. okay. Now, if you're over 35, 
So, you know, in sort of, a, a, we call it increased maternal age. Okay. So there are complications with being older and being pregnant to not only mother, but also to your baby. Okay. Now, if you fall in that older category, we'd like to expedite the process quicker. And that's because your chances of a successful conception is less. Mm. So if you're having regular unprotected sports for about six months, then talk to your doctor because we want to make sure, you know, there's nothing underlying, uh, you've got a good ovarian reserve, um, you've got, you know, um, a good lifestyle, so you're optimizing your chances. And if all of those things are fine, then perhaps we need to think about if we need to do some internal investigations and, and then we'd, we'd think about a fertility referral quicker. So, so just to be very aware that you need to be having sexual intercourse regularly and also if you've got anything underlying, talk to your doctor about it because you might need to have some further tests beforehand. Yeah. I think this is such a sensitive topic um, mm. and a very difficult one, especially mm. for females who work. Um, so I, you know, I can only talk from my own personal experience, but mm. I think if you're in a job or, you know, whatever you're working on, you're it takes so long to be successful in that career that you've been working at your whole life. You know, yeah. you, you do your GCSEs, you do your A-levels, you mm -hmm. do your degree, and then you, you're on the right path and you're, you know, you're toe-to-toe -to -toe with your male counterpart. And you're thinking, how do I, um, at what point do I say, okay, I'm gonna stop this and I'm gonna go and do this, mm -hmm. which basically can railroad and detract um, what's going on with your career. And it's such a difficult, question to answer you know when you should even start mm -hmm. trying to conceive you know does it start at 30 do you start 33 35 yeah. 40 like what is the right balance for you yeah um, so you know for those women who are 35 plus mm -hmm. and you know they've been focusing on other things and now they're thinking okay you know 37 38 you know 40 um, what is the best thought process for them should they at what point do you start harvesting eggs at what mm. point do you start thinking about freezing eggs okay. um, where do you start do you ever yeah. start thinking about surrogacy like how how do mm. all these other options yeah. come into play <laughs> yeah. really yeah like, is you know what You've, you've hit the nail on the head because as we are going into this new generation of women, you know, we, we are excelling in our careers. Many women are climbing up the career ladder and actually children aren't seen to be the biggest priority as perhaps they were a whole yeah. generation ago. And that's something that I'm working on at the moment with Zonas Fertility. Okay. And it's really important for us to educate the female population as well as the male population yeah. on egg count. Okay. We know as women get older, their egg count drops. Okay. And we think it's important for people to know about this yes. because there's things called premature menopause, when women are going into menopause earlier than the average age, and it means they can't have children. And it's absolutely life, it's just so, uh, what do you call it, just so upsetting to see other women going through such difficult time, and it's because they didn't know that they had underlying issues, that their mother had premature menopause, that they hadn't checked their egg count. And I would suggest, you know, if it is something that is worrying you, or if you have a family history of it, then it is worth checking it. But of course, you know, in terms of, uh, when you should start to conceive, there's no magic number. There's no magic age because each each family, each woman, each situation is so individualized. It depends on so many factors. Um, but it is important to to keep it in the back of your mind because no matter what, we can you know we can all succeed in our career. Yeah. But fertility doesn't wait for anyone. I know. As you yeah. get older, the chances get get harder, yeah. and it's not just you. You have to think about the baby. The, yeah. the chance of chromosomal abnormality. It's, it's huge. Yeah. At age 40, the risk of Down syndrome, uh, also known as tri trisomy 21, is yeah. about one in a hundred. Okay, and and that and that is that's a lot. It's a big jump. Yeah, yeah. So so there's lots of things to consider. Okay. And 
as with all women, it's always such a juggling act. It's such a balancing act between, you know, advancing with the career and the children. And actually most women want to have everything. So it, it is yeah. about, you know, a balance. I know. Mm. I trust, I like, uh, I, <laughs> I completely I feel the pain. I remember even yeah. when I was pregnant, I was lecturing. I was on my feet teaching. Um, and I didn't, I didn't take any time mm. off, like, literally fully pregnant until right at the end. And then I had my babies, and then I went back to work after two weeks because I didn't have a choice. You know, yeah. like, yeah. like you just need, you have to do what you have to do for your family. Um, but yeah, the, it's extremely difficult. I do feel like women have to work twice as hard. Mm. I feel like if you want to have children and you want to have a successful career, you have to work twice as hard as any male mm. because the amount of um, pain your body goes through and the amount of um, trauma that you're dealing with simultaneously with trying to succeed in another area of your life yeah. is not something any man will ever understand. I remember my husband just saying, I'm so glad I'm not a woman. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's actually our mission to educate not only uh, couples but actually yeah. corporations okay. because we need to get this into the workplace we need to be talking about fertility and how important it is for yeah. women to be engaged with their career but also have a family and as you said women do have to work harder because you have to balance both things and so if we can educate you know you know the top banks and you know even the smaller companies yeah. that actually we need to support our women yeah. so that they can have it all yeah. then you know we're on a winner we need to support half the population who are conceiving I know, but I think the only way to do that is to sell it to the companies as why you want females who are mothers in your corporation. How oh, is yeah. this going to add value to you? And I think personally, um, mm. anyone who's gone through, um, you know, having children, I think it was the hardest thing I ever did, like mm. bar nothing. Mm. I think everything I've ever done was easier than yeah. having children. Yeah. So just the sheer work ethic of mm. a mother is something that, you know, very few men are going to be able to compete with um, and plus I think their perspective is different yeah. and I think diversity of perspective is essential so reason for you know having the banking crisis and you know any major fall of any empire has happened because of lack of diversity and yeah. lack of information from yeah. other perspectives yeah um, and there's so, so much research keep... on that right? yeah so there's so much research on uh, if you have a diverse workforce yeah. and if you have a lot of inclusion in your workforce you have a diverse skill set you have new perspectives new opinions and that actually advances yeah. uh, businesses it advances any organization any team yeah. so we know there's so much evidence on that and that's why yeah. companies need to be supporting women because exactly. they bring new perspectives and yeah. it's not just you know a male-dominated society yeah. anymore we're not we're way past that yeah. so yes you're completely right and we do need to be encouraging our women to have the best of both worlds 100 percent. yeah i agree <laughs> i think a really good topic that we focused on uh, we touched on before was egg count how mm. i never honestly mm. i never did my egg count i didn't even think no it was a thing yeah. this is also not the type of stuff that you learn at medical school no. um this is a type of stuff that mm. tends to happen um, after that and so mm. I think it's something that we should talk about is how do you figure out your egg count like is there some is it a mm. difficult process what do yeah. you need to do to do that yeah yeah so that just leads nicely on to what we're launching at the moment which is yeah. Zonas Fertility so at medical school you're completely right I didn't even learn about this and we learn about you know we have to do certain hormonal tests we need to look at our estrogen our progesterone our LH FSH and FSH is something that does look at your follicle stimulating hormones. That looks at how, how uh, your follicles are doing if we're stimulating enough in the ovaries. 
Now what we're doing at Zonas is looking at another hormone, which is the anti-malarian hormone. And that tells us, um, basically, the ANH hormone is released from the ovaries. And that tells us how many, and if we've got a good quantity of eggs left in the ovaries. So we provide a home blood test, and you do it at home, you don't need to tell anyone, it's obviously quite a sensitive and personal topic, so yeah. you don't need to tell anyone, we send it to your home, it's a blood test that you do, we only need a few drops of blood, you send it to us, and then we provide you a personalised fertility report, and that tells you about, you know, if you're likely to go into premature uh, menopause, early menopause, if you um, have a good, uh, good sort of success rate of IVF, mm -hmm. and also what the implications you have on your pregnancy. So it's a super easy test and um, it's something that will tell you right now, it's a snapshot in time yeah. of how many eggs and if you have a good quantity of eggs right now. Right. Now this is something you can repeat every three months, every six right. months, every year and you can see that decline over time. Right. As women get older, their egg count drops. Yeah. At age 30, women have less than 10% of their egg count. Left at, at what time? At what age? Thirty. At thirty, they have less than ten percent of all the eggs they're ever born with are left. At, th at thirty. At age thirty. So do you think? So you know how we always say thirty is sort of like, you know, where you start to see a drop in your fertility. Would mm. you say there's a drastic drop at 30 or 35? Where, where, where is it? I think it keeps yeah. changing the information. Yeah, so it depends on so many factors. So like lifestyle factors, the more we eat, the more we drink, the more we smoke, that's gonna just kill all of our eggs. So there's so many different factors that affect right. when your egg count will, will drop. But we know that as you get older, it's it's a trend, it's a downward trend. Okay, okay? and that, that depends on your lifestyle factors, if you've got underlying ovarian issues, if you've had an STI, you've got pelvic inflammatory disease. Right. There's so many different issues that will affect your ovaries. So that's why, depending on your individual situation, you can get your eggs checked, see, actually, you know what, my egg count's perhaps a little bit lower. Perhaps I need to be thinking about pregnancy sooner yeah. uh, so I can plan my life around right. that. Okay. But I think it's important to stress that there are so many variables that affect fertility. Yeah. It's not just the women, as I said. Yeah. Ovarian issues make up 25% of fertility issues. Only 25? 25%. 25%. Wow. Okay. And then male issues, make up about 25%, okay. so sperm issues. And then you have tubal issues, those are problems with your, your tubes, your fallopian tubes, and they're yeah. 25%. Okay. And the other 25% are unknown, okay. and they're unexplained causes of infertility that we don't know, yeah. doctors don't know, there's so much research going on in the space, yeah. um, and there's more and more evidence every day. But many, many couples will never have a clear reason as to why they can't have children. Wow. But what we can do is yeah. deal with the things we do know. Yes. So we need to deal with the 75% of issues that can cause, cause infertility. Yeah, that's quite interesting. They talked about smoking and alcohol. How detrimental is smoking and alcohol on ovaries and yeah, eggs? Yeah, so and I've, sperm as well. Yeah, yeah, loads. I've actually this is a big topic, and I've done a whole video on it okay. on my on my um, channel. So basically, Make sure you follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually just done. I've had so many uh, comments about how does obesity lead to infertility. Okay, so um, I've got a whole video on it. But actually, it's because. Obesity, it's to do with our hormones, so you have an increased hormone called leptin, yeah. and that can interfere with some of our our androgens, which are our sex hormones, yeah. and so that has an effect on our estrogen and progesterone, which throws off periods and right. means that we can't track our ovulation, and it means we aren't ovulating regularly. Yeah. But it's a huge topic, and I don't think I yeah, can give it justice yeah, yeah. by just, um, uh, just saying a quick answer now. Okay. 
that's a huge, a really okay. huge topic. All right, excellent. Yeah, that's so helpful, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've taken enough time. <laughs> Do you know what? If there are any other videos you want me to make with Dr. Verena Bernard, please can you write them down below? Because I think today's been really helpful and I do actually want to do a whole series on women's health. I think a large percentage of us here today are female and so we are all going through similar issues, but I think sometimes we don't talk about things as openly. Um, so we'd love to do a whole series for you. So please do write down below videos you want me to make uh, for us to make together. Uh, but thank you so much for watching. Please do like, subscribe, and um, please do also follow Dr. Rubina too. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.